I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio by phone is John Wickert, the Chief of Interpretation for the Delaware Division of Parks and Recreation. Uh, this, uh, John, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm so glad that we're able to do this. We've done it in the past, but this represents one of the partnerships, frankly, that the Division of the Arts is really proud of. Uh, we partner with both libraries and Division of Parks and Recreation to bring arts programming uh, to venues throughout the state uh, during the summer, venues that uh, are what we would consider non-traditional. They're not your traditional performing spaces or performing arts spaces. But it's an opportunity to get uh, just an incredible array of programming uh, into uh, state parks throughout the state. Uh, John, uh, tell us a little bit about where these programs uh, can be seen uh, throughout the state. Excellent. So we actually have arts programming taking place in virtually every single state park. Um, so from one end of the state to the other, there's an opportunity for you, regardless of whether you're interested in, uh, be it music or theater, um, painting, we've got a little bit of something for everybody. Now, I, I see you have a summer brochure. And before I forget, uh, uh, people can get more information about your summer programming uh, on your website, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is destateparks.com slash summer concerts. Yeah, so you can find our summer concert information there. If you actually visit um, destateparks.com slash programs, you'll find the entire array of uh, programs offered across the state park system. Uh, you'll find a summer camp directory, which I'll talk a little bit more about our arts camp. Great, great. Um, our concert series, our summer guide. Um, and we also, uh, because we really appreciate our, our relationship with the Division of the Arts, we actually put on Delaware Scene all of our arts-related programming as well. Um, and we have the Delaware Star State Parks Facebook page <laughs> and uh, Instagram. There's a lot of a lot of places to find what we have. <laughs> that's great. Let's let's use that to sort of uh, back up for a minute and and talk about the. A uh, wide array of programs and types of state parks uh, that that uh, are available. It's it's. I mean, I just find visiting the state parks. There's such a, a, a great uh, variety of state parks and and programs. So let's backtrack to that and and sort of get the the thirty thousand foot you know view. Absolutely. So we have sixteen state parks across the state. Um, we've got. Um, from your urban parks, which would be uh, parks like Bellevue State Park and Fox Point, outside, just outside of the city of Wilmington, right on the fringe there. Um, a, a former DuPont estate and a former um, Superfund site that's been reclaimed. Um, you can move out into the western end of Newcastle County of Brandywine Creek State Park with the beautiful rolling hills and uh, White Clay Creek State Park, which is um, White Clay Creek is the only designated um, National Wild and Scenic River in the state of Delaware. So it's a beautiful place to go um, for fishing, for hiking, mountain biking, things of that nature. Um, as we move, I obviously won't go through all 16 of them. We'd be here all day. <laughs> but as you move a little south, um, Lums Pond State Park with our recently renovated campground um, and Fort Delaware State Park out on Pea Patch Island, which for me personally is one of my, my favorites. Um, there's just something about uh, stepping back in time where we fire uh, a Civil War era cannon and musketry demonstrations, and, and you can go back into the early 1860s. We have First State Heritage Park in Dover that many people are aware of, which is a park without borders, so to speak, or without boundaries, and it, it's a true partnership park. Uh, Killens Pond, everyone thinks of uh, the water park, but you have 
really fantastic fishing and a lot of um, interesting history that took place at that park. And then, as I mentioned, you have um, our beach parks, Cape Henlopen, and Delaware Seashore, Fenwick Island, to name a few. Um, you don't want to miss Breach's buoy demonstration at, at Indian River Life Saving Station at Delaware Seashore, um, the Fort Miles Museum at Cape Henlopen, and everyone loves to go to the beach. Um, and also check out our nature center there at Cape. And uh, what I think is one of, one of my other favorite parts is Trap Pond State Park uh, down in Laurel, which is a cypress swamp. And you can, you can step back and uh, imagine what it would have been like before the more uh, civilized society that we have and um, how people would have survived off the land. So there's a little bit of um, natural experience and historical experience for everyone. And we try to make sure that our programs that we offer find a way to connect you back to what is the true fabric and reason that each one of those parks exists. Yeah, and, and you know, I've had the opportunity with my children growing up in, uh, here in Delaware of, of visiting many of these state parks. And you know, I remember camping down at Cape Henlopen and, and taking the kids to the beach. Uh, and, and the time we've spent at Bellevue, I live near Bellevue and walk my dog there frequently. Uh, in fact, just the other day, ran across the 200... 87th Army Band uh, in one of the evening concerts at Bellevue. Uh, and, and as you say, White uh, Creek, uh, White Clay Creek uh, State Park is ju- just has some beautiful, beautiful walking trails there as well. Uh, just, just a tremendous array. And uh, op- open to visitors year-round. Uh, I know uh, there, there is a, a fee uh, to, to enter, but it is well worth it. We have the season pass for our car and... Uh, it's uh, just a great opportunity uh, to visit these parks. Now, um, you're responsible as, as chief of interpretation. Uh, are you? Do you oversee all of the programming, both arts and non-arts programming in the parks? Yes. So I have a fantastic team of interpreters spread across the state, but um, ultimately I'm responsible for making sure that these types of opportunities are available to the residents and visitors of Delaware. Um, I also... I'm responsible for all of the nature centers, uh, the exhibits that you find in those nature centers, and the waysides in the parks that, that everyone loves. And that's a, a term many people are not familiar with. But as you're walking through our park system, you will see signs that tell you about flora, fauna, history, culture, um, those sorts of things. I'm also responsible for the, the design and, and um, installation of those. Now, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the examples of how the state parks uh, partner with the arts, um, you, you mentioned uh, the northern uh, Delaware state parks. But uh, little known is that the state's folk art collection is housed at the Blue Ball Barn up in Alapocos there. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. It's a fantastic collection. And just a, uh, one of uh, my wife's and my favorite walks is to go walk from the Blue Ball Barn down through Alapocos Woods there, uh, down to the Brandywine. It's just a spectacular, uh, be- be- beautiful walk down through there. Now, really, go ahead. Really easy to forget that you're you're right there off of two hundred two. That's right. Yeah, really, really. You you get down in the woods there, and it's 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 a whole different a whole different uh, geography there uh, than than you're accustomed to, or or you would expect. I would say. Mm-hmm. Now uh, let let's get into some of the programming. Uh, I'm looking at uh, you, the cover of your brochure and. You have a, a great summer concert series uh, brochure that's available on your website, highlighting programming. Yeah, I, I sort of looked at the itinerary, and if you're willing to drive, 
you can attend a, a concert almost every night of the summer between Newcastle, Kent, and Sussex County. You're, you're correct. So our concert series this year is um, actually brought, brought to us by Drive Sober, Arrive Alive Delaware. And we have uh, concerts taking place in six different parks, and there's eight concerts each week. Um, so you're absolutely right. It's not only across the state, but it's every single day of the week uh, as well. <laughs> Very, very ambitious. Uh, uh, you, Bellevue State Park, we've mentioned, and their concerts at White Clay Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the Wilmington State Parks uh, at the Rockford Park, or two of the venues, and the Sugar Bowl. Well, the Sugar Bowl recently renovated. I went to a concert there last summer. Really a, a beautiful setting uh, there right up, right up above the Brandywine. It is, and last year was the, the first year we really kind of got into the Sugar Bowl concerts, and um, we've been partnering with the Friends of Wilmington State Parks to put those on. They've been phenomenal in helping pick uh, performances that are going to resonate with people and bring people's attention to that really wonderful historic landmark that's there. And if, if you think about the, the scope of our concert series, like, like you mentioned, um, what a lot of people don't realize is we have in excess of 40,000 people a year that attend our summer concert series. So we're reaching a large number of people all around the state. Um, and the variety of music is, is all over the place. We have, you know, from Jimmy Buffett tribute bands, um, we have jazz, classic rock, um, like you said, military bands, Celtic folk, bluegrass. Um, there, there is a little bit of everything uh, spread all across the state of Delaware. Yeah, it really is phenomenal. Now, Kent County, I believe Killens Pond is the state park that's featured in your summer concert series? That's correct. And then in Sussex, uh, both Holtz Landing State Park and Trap Pond State Park. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The brochure is incredibly informative. I I strongly encourage our listeners to visit uh, the website and and take a look at at the offerings there. Now, um, I want to continue with with your programming, but first let me remind our listeners that you are tuned in to 1450 WILM News Radio with Delaware State of the Arts, also heard on 1410 WDOV. Our guest joining us by phone today is John Wickert, the Chief of Interpretation for the uh, Delaware Division of Parks and Recreation. Uh, John, this programming, which is just phenomenal, and as you said, brings in 40,000 plus people uh, annually. Uh, How long does it take to put this together? And and you mentioned your team. How big is the team and and what kind of research goes into this? Because you have everything from national uh, programs to uh, to local programming. We do. So um, there's essentially a, a team of 16 folks across the state uh, coordinating everything. If you were just looking at the concert series, we normally start putting our schedule together in very early January. Um, the team comes together and uh, it's kind of fun to watch because we have a form on our website where uh, performers can request to be considered to perform in our concert series. Um, so we pull that database in early January. We get the whole team together, and they basically go back and forth um, about who gets to call who for their park um, and to make sure that we don't have too much duplication or overlap across the state. Um, there's a lot of negotiation that takes place in that meeting. Um, and from there, we go go into bookings and all the fun, fun paperwork and contracts that come with a concert series. Um, and then to production of the, the uh, booklet that you all see come out uh, typically in pretty early May. So it's, it takes a lot of time, but uh, I think it's certainly something that's worth it. And, and I know uh, from past experience myself attending concerts that you have opportunities for the audience to uh, 
uh, chime in on uh, what they have liked and uh, you know what their favorite kinds of programming are? Absolutely. Uh, this year, uh, par- participants that come to our concert series, they're going to be uh, they're going to notice our staff walking around with kind of a gray comment card and. Um, what we've done is we've created a, a survey mechanism that we can use statewide to get a better perspective from our guests in terms of what they like and don't like about our concert series, what's bringing them out, um, and really how we can improve it. Because at the end of the day, uh, these concerts are, are put on for our park visitors and for the folks that come and patronize them. And we want to make sure that we're offering what people want to see. And uh, just as I, as I mentioned, just just an incredible array of, of concerts uh, throughout the throughout the parks throughout the state. Let's back up, uh, or let, let's let's uh, change direction a little bit because you mentioned earlier some other programming. Again, I speak to my experience at Bellevue because <laughs> there are a lot uh, frequently when I'm walking my dog in the the late afternoon. I see the the summer camp kids, you know, uh, wrapping up for the day. Uh, talk about uh, so the the broader array of programs that you have through, with your nature centers, your art centers, your uh, your summer camp programs? Right, so I guess I'd, let's start with our, our summer camps. We've been trying to institute more um, arts-based summer camps. And so this year we actually have three that are running. And if people are interested, we still have space. Uh, I think Bellevue is a good place to start. Uh, we're going to be offering the week of August 6th an intro to photography camp at Bellevue uh, for youth aged 7 to 10 years old. And uh, we provide everything, uh, you know, some disposable cameras. We cover printing costs. Um, and that Friday, um, the kids get to put on a gallery for their parents so they can see all the photos that they took um, throughout the week. And um, we're also going to have up at Brandywine Creek State Park two different sessions of Nature Arts Camp, where what we do is expose kids each day to a different artistic technique. So, for instance, one day it's watercolors, another it's using acrylics, uh, a third day is sketching. And so we go through and um, we bring in, bring in local artists to help support that. We expose the kids to it. And at the end of that week, we'll have an art show um, for each of the kids. So uh, up at Brandywine Creek, uh, for eight, youth aged 9 to 12, it'll be the week of July 9th. And then the week of July 30th, it'll be another nature arts camp for youth aged 8 to 10. So we're, we're pretty excited about those. We feel like our camps are, are pretty affordable. The camp at Bellevue is only $235 for the entire week, and it runs from 9 to 4. And the camps at Brandywine Creek are $250 for the week, includes all your materials, and that runs from 8.30 to 3.30. So uh, it's a price that's pretty hard to beat. The kids always have a lot of fun. Um, across the, the system of all of our camps, you know, we reach uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 to 2,000 youth through our summer camps each year. Now, that's really phenomenal in the outreach. Now, uh, with the programming that you do, do you find uh, with your audience input that, that you bring back uh, a lot of performers or uh, how, how do you sort of rotate through and bring in new new acts? I mean, I'm looking at this year's list and I, and I see some recognizable names, but, but the array clearly speaks to um, a lot of new performers as well. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in that we really look at the feedback we receive from people that are coming to our concert series and where they're directing us for what they'd like to see. 
Uh, we also look at things like attendance, and uh, we do walk around and talk to people a bit. Um, but there's always that that stress and pressure with my team to make sure that what we're what we're offering is relevant to the communities around their parks and reflective of those communities. So as we see people move and the demographic shift across the state of Delaware, we're really looking at what does that neighborhood around our park look like? And as that changes, we're trying to make sure that our programming is staying current and relevant in the same way. And and uh, some of your parks are kind of evolving in in uh, uh, their appearance and in their their service to community. I uh, I have I'm lining up for the future an interview with uh, Jeffrey Randall from the Fort Dupont Redevelopment Corporation to talk about what's happening at Fort Dupont. Some really exciting. Uh, changes there. Uh, but I also know that there's a lot of work being done up in the Yorkland area around Auburn Heights. And I understand uh, uh, Saturday, or I'm sorry, Sunday, July 1st, uh, there is a special Yorkland Day. That's correct. And this will be the uh, second Yorkland Day. Well, we're really excited about this. Delaware State Parks and another, another um, set of partners. Uh, but especially the Center for Creative Arts, have uh, pulled together and we're taking the whole day on Sunday, July 1st to celebrate Yorkland. So visitors to that area, it's a free free event. Um, there's going to be live music, food trucks, um, different artisans, craft beer, uh, the opportunity to ride in antique automobiles, uh, mansion tours, uh, and, and arts activities down at the Center for Creative Arts. So it's going to be a great day. Uh, it's pretty much the entire day. And there's information about it on Facebook, uh, but it can also be found at yorklandday.org. Now, are those historic uh, vehicles from Auburn Heights, or where are they from? They are. They're actually part of the steam car collection right. that the Friends of Auburn Heights manages. Uh, it's If people have not had a chance to go in the steam cars or any of the vintage electric cars, it's an opportunity not to be missed. And that whole area of Yorkland really is is a, a beautiful, beautiful setting, and I know there's a lot of work being done uh, with the old, uh, uh, what was what was the uh, company that was there? Uh, and NVF, the uh, vulcanized fiber mill that, that was, was it. there. That was it. Um, you're right, and you know we're in the middle of putting trails in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, developing uh, waysides for throughout that park, and then pretty soon our our programming is going to start expanding up there as well as those amenities go in. So we're really excited about, as you said, the development that's taking place up there, and uh, I think it's going to have a large um, arts base and presence as well, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned the Friends of Auburn Heights, and I think you mentioned the Friends of Wilmington Parks. Could you speak just briefly to the, the role of these Friends organizations and, and what their relationship is with uh, Parks and Recreation? Absolutely. The, our friends groups are, you know, they're outside entities, they're their own 501c3s, but they have a, a passion for Delaware State Parks. And they are, quite honestly, some of our, our best partners. We really could not do what we do without them. They provide a lot of volunteer hours, um, commitment, scholarships for folks to participate in our programs, uh, a lot of fundraising. They really are, um, you know, they're as probably as close as you can get to being, you know, like employees of our team without being employees, right? Like um, they're, they're massive supporters. We cannot do what we do and offer what we offer to the public were it not for our friends groups. We're, we're grateful for them. And one of the other uh, features of the state parks that we haven't mentioned yet is the Brandywine Zoo. I've, that falls under your purview as well, doesn't it? 
You're right. And that's, you know, that's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. A lot of people don't realize that the Brandywine Zoo really is a, a, a part of Delaware State Parks. Um, and the zoos are going through some changes right now, as people have probably seen. Uh, master planning is wrapping up. Uh, we've we've put an amphitheater in to help enhance programs, and um, we're really excited about what's gonna what's gonna come. The pandas are back out. You know, we've got the the two new pandas that are in. There was a press release the other day. Um, so the Brandywine Zoo really is as a Young man, I, w- I attended Warner Elementary, and I always looked down the hill, down into Brandywine Zoo, and, and wondered about it. And I, I lived in Newark, um, so it's it's been great for me to be able to, as an adult, come back and, and be a part of that really great uh, experience right in the heart of Wilmington. Uh, that that's there. It's a small, intimate zoo. You can really get up close, and there's plenty of interpreters around to help answer questions and and make people more aware of their relationship to the environment, nature, and how it impacts. Uh, the animals you see there. Um, and the zoo just has uh, been wrapping up a phenomenal kestrel program where they uh, re-released or they released some kestrels into the wild here in Delaware. So they're doing some phenomenal conservation work as well. Yes. So the range of programs, the range of activities, the Delaware State Parks are, are much more than some place to just go and see, but there's just so much so much to do in them as well. John, we have about a minute left, so let's put in a final plug for the summer concert series. Uh, where where are the concerts taking place, and where can our listeners get more information about them? Concerts this summer are at Bellevue, Rockford, Holtz Landing, White Clay Creek, the Sugar Bowl, at, which is at Brandywine Park, Killens Pond State Park, and Trap Pond State Park. So they're statewide, uh, six different parks, eight concerts a week. You can pick up a concert series booklet uh, at any of our parks and our park offices. You can also download it off the Delaware State Parks website. Or if you happen to have a Delaware State Parks summer program guide, you will notice that the center spread in that guide is actually um, the spread for the concert series. And one thing I, I do want to point out, Paul, is you know we always appreciate the support of the Division of the Arts. And uh, if anyone is up near Bellevue State Park on Thursday, August 2nd, uh, John Flynn will be there. It's a, a family concert. He's a singer-songwriter. It's, it's folk. Uh, that concert's supported by the Division of the Arts, and uh, it's always a great a great performance, and I encourage people to try to make it out for that. And with that, we'll sign off here. John, thanks so much for joining us today. 